Hello, hello, this is Dr. Felicia Mebbin. I'm the Executive Director of the Center for Public Health Initiatives here at Norfolk State University, and this is Health Healing and Hampton Roads. And today's topic is health and wellness, particularly on campus, but maybe not the way that you think. So I am so, 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 I have to say it like five times, excited because I have two guests with me today from Norfolk State University, Dr. Vanessa Jenkins. Hello. Hello, and thank you for the invite. You're quite welcome. And Ms. Shaniqua Good. Hello. Thank you for having me. You are quite welcome. So I like to start with maybe reintroducing, because I understand Dr. Jenkins is a, a friend of WNSB, reintroducing and introducing my guests to you guys as listeners. So Dr. Jenkins, we'll start with you. What is your connection to Hampton Roads? How did you come here? You know, What's your connection to Norfolk State University? Well, I came here, I was in California, and I decided, I was originally from Maryland, decided um, after I moved to California for about 10 years, I decided to come back. Now, I was going back to Maryland, but I had family here, and then I wanted to attend Norfolk State University. I was going to get involved in their social work program. And then when I arrived here, I was offered a position. So I was in the School of Social Work, and I did a lot of work working with underserved as it discussed things, or challenges around domestic violence and sexual assault. Then I went over to the counseling center, became the counselor over there, then the director, and now I'm the executive director of health and wellness, which I over provide oversight to the counseling center and to the health center. So it's always been that drive for me to really reach out to individuals in the community as well as on campus with students about paying close attention to our health and because we know that's the new wealth now. Right. And so one of the things I love about Norfolk State is there are a lot of people who are passionate about Norfolk State because of their prior connection. They have earned a degree here. They have family in the area. I always think that's really great um, in terms of people having that connection. But talk a little bit more about your training specifically. Well, I received a lot of training um, in the area of mental health and in wellness. And a lot, you know, of the training that I received when I was in college um, was around, you know, working with underserved. How can we get into the communities and do a lot of, you know, I guess that mind shift to try to help with them understanding the importance of that. And so attending those as well as um, being on a lot of committees in the community that address health and wellness. Um, so when I arrived here, it just really put me in that that first gear and decided that I really wanted to spread some of the information that I had received in my trainings in college as well as in workshops that I attended um, with the college, um, with the students here on campus. Okay. So are you a social worker, a counselor? No. What, okay. No, I am not. I am not certified in those areas. Okay. Mine is more like around life coaching, around leadership development, which I have really realized now in leadership is that we have to understand how to be well in those areas. It's an area that's missed, but it's very important because we need leaders to understand so they can better lead and work with their, their employees on how to be well if they want them to be productive in the community mm -hmm. or in, even in their job. And that's a great example of, I think sometimes people think, oh, I must have a degree in this in order to do this. And that's not always the case. No, it's not always the case because all of these areas, they kind of piggyback on each other. Um, I think in areas such as health and wealth, um, I mean, ooh, health and me mental health and wellness, it's something that needs to be spread across all areas of our lives because they impact each one of us differently in every segment of our life mm -hmm. and even at work. Right. And we, we had a recent event, which we can talk about a little bit, where we were talking about social determinants of health. 
and we've talked about that in previous episodes as well. And just very, very, very briefly, it's the idea that so many things connect to your health, your education, yes. your physical environment, your social environment, all of that. And so again, when we talk about health and wellness, we want people to come from different backgrounds and training exactly. because it touches on so many aspects of our lives. Right, because when you look at the wellness wheel, that is a good example on how we can really begin to address because it's financial health. Um, it's your mental health and all of those areas need to be worked on so they show up in every aspect of our life, college and at work. Right. Awesome. Okay. Just going to step to the side here. Hi, Ms. Good. Hello. How are you? I'm well. Good. Thank you. <laughs> so what's your connection to Hampton Roads and how did you come to North Estate? Well, I was born and raised in Hampton Roads. See, there we go. <laughs> so this is home for me. Um, never left. And family is here. Friends is here. You know, partnerships are here. So it's my home. Um, but how I come to Norfolk State, um, previous to Norfolk State, I worked as, um, I did a residency and worked on work towards my licensure as a licensed professional counselor, um, serving a lot of, um, serving under the un, underserved populations, more specifically sexual assault and rape trauma survivors and domestic violence. And so um, being that that occurred, um, it takes a lot to serving the that population. And so um, I wanted something different, and so I came to Norfolk State and found my balance here. Okay, that's great. Thank you so much. So follow up on what it means to be a licensed, I wrote it down, licensed professional counselor. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Um, so <laughs> A licensed professional counselor, um, one must go through um, the education is the master's level education. And then from there, I did a two-year residency. Um, so the residency is all things mental health, um, providing individual group therapy, mental health services to clients under the supervision of a licensed professional counselor. So that was about 4,000 hours, which equated to two years. And then after that, you take a massive exam. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and you wait for the Virginia Board of Counseling to review your credentials and then your license. And that's what you do. So when you were little, is this what you thought you wanted to do? Because it sounds very specific. Yes, I always had a passion for, for helping people. And um, when I did undergrad in human services, I knew that um, I wanted to practice independently and that I would need further education for that. Okay. And so I took that road. So that's why the license helps, because it says you can do these things. Absolutely. The license allows you to practice independently. So you have a lot more freedom with the license, mm -hmm. whether it's private practice, whether it's um, consultation work. You can do it all. Nice. nice. It, I think sometimes people don't realize that even in these kind of professional roles, you're entrepreneurial. So when you say more autonomy, you're able, that's what that means. You can have your own business mm -hmm. providing these services, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and as a business owner, I do have a private practice. So I have a, a private practice that is geared towards mental health services to clients. 
Nice. So, Dr. Jenkins, you're administration, as they say. I mean, I am too, so, you know, there you go. <laughs> but tell us a little bit more about your specific role working in student affairs. Well, what it, the role is fairly new, and the goal is to try to get our campus or to work towards our campus to become a healthy campus, to be more aware of how to have an understanding of our health and our wellness. Because so many times you'll find in underserved populations, and even on college campuses, you'll find that a lot of students are down on the on the end of the scale of just making it. You know, they're just really struggling. And so my goal is to really try to get us on the other end, and that is on how to, you know, try coping strategies, how to try new things, how to have a better understanding so that we don't always show up in the emergency room or we're not always just chronically ill all the time, but how we can get that mind to shift. So I know I have a big shoe to feel, but right. I know it's possible with programs like this podcast and the programs that we are going to be having on campus and that we've had on campus to make students more aware, our faculty and staff more aware about what it is we're trying to do. We shouldn't always show up in the emergency room. We should be up here where I called um, thriving. Right. So my background, as a reminder for folks who are listening, um, is public health. And one focus of public health is promotion, is prevention, right? right. So mm -hmm. there's the part of health and well-being that's about, okay, let's live our best lives, right? And, and in addition to the part that's about, let's address this issue that we have. Right, because it's a big struggle. A lot of people look at this as it's hard. Yes, it is hard. But it's also something we got to pay attention to because it is really destroying our community um, in a lot of ways. And we've got to push ourselves to the point where we've got to understand and have that why behind mental illness. And I mean, me, the why behind mental and um, wellness, because we're not understanding why. It's like we're just doing stuff, mm -hmm. not understanding why we need to do it. Oh, okay, I see more about why we need. Because I, I do feel as though, I mean, if you can go online, there's so many hits about try this, try that. But it, yeah, if you don't connect right. it back to, well, what's my motivation? When right. would I do that? And we're looking for quick. We're looking for quick fix right. and we cannot do quick fixes anymore. We can't. We're finding those shortcuts. It's really pushing us to a point of just being worse off than we were. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people now want to do the weight loss, but you can use this new medicine now, but it's causing problems, but we want to get skinny quick, mm -hmm. but not healthy. Mm. That's important. You know, you take that quick fix and you're taking all pills or whatever, but are you eating right? Are you exercising? Well, no, I don't have to. And even they're promoting on TV, yeah. you can take this and you'll be this. But you're not practicing that consistency, and that's what's destroying us down the road. Right. And that affects your mental health, too, right? Oh. You get so excited. and Oh, this is going to cure it. And then if it doesn't work. I mean, that can really affect your well-being. Right. And I think even when you, you know, go to the doctor's office, if they can't fix you right there, it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. I go to mental health. I go to a therapist. It didn't work. Well, just think about this. You've had this condition for how long? They're not going to fix it in 55 minutes. Mm -hmm. It's work to get to that. And we really got to push that in our community and really practice it and have it this conversation when we speak to our friends, our colleagues, and our students. Mm -hmm. So, Ms. Good, you your current role is? Director of the Counseling Center. Okay, so that's a very specific role. Not necessarily about podcasts and all of that. <laughs> so how, how 
is it that you have a focus on communications or reaching out beyond the services of the counseling center? Yes, so um, I am a part of the campus wellness committee, which um, involves representation across the campus. We formed this committee to under the leadership of Dr. Duncan. Um, she's the ombudsman for the faculty here at Norfolk State. Um, but the purpose of the committee is to pro promote all things health and wellness across the campus, specifically targeting the faculty and staff of the university. And so in meeting with the committee, we're identifying initiatives that we can do to promote that. And one of those things was a podcast. A podcast. Okay, but how about for you specifically? Right. Do you have a personal interest in outreach and community engagement? Oh, and, absolutely, right? absolutely. Because, I'm sorry, because the Counseling Center mostly serves students. I, I may be incorrect about that. We only serve students. Only serve students. Yes, okay. we only serve students, um, and with that comes definitely outreach on campus um, surrounding mental health. Um, and, and that my passion for the outreach is to reduce the stigma surrounding mental health. Nice. Um, and also to promote it in such a way of, as Dr. Jenkins was saying, to be in the thriving, more preventive care more prevention surrounding mental health so that it does not come to a place where now is severe depression or severe anxiety and it may be difficult to pull yourself out of that so the outreach is very very important it helps to reduce the stigma it helps to kind of normalize that stresses are okay and that it's okay to talk with others about it nice and so is it okay to say that in, in doing something, and we'll talk in uh, more detail about this in a second, but in doing something that's specifically focused on faculty and staff, it creates an environment for the students as well? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think it's um, just important when we're focusing on the faculty and staff, of course, and the students, it all makes a difference in how we are collaborating, how we're all showing up in the classroom, how we're showing up in the workplace. All of that is a trickle-down effect. So if everyone is practicing health and wellness and being proactive in that, it will, it will yield yeah. different results yeah. in those areas. Nice. So I want to back up just a little bit, Dr. Jenkins. You had talked about underserved populations. Like, what do you mean by that? Students and individuals that may not have, um, whether it's transportation or an understanding or those who may be left out of, of, of I guess, I don't want to say circles, out of the opportunities to get into um you know, proper um, um, services they need, whether it's doctor's office or, you know, nutritionists and things. Because even when you talk about a nutritionist to someone, under, they're thinking, ooh, can't yes, afford that. Can't afford that. Mm -hmm. Or it's not for us. It's not for mm -hmm. us. That's for them. Uh, that's for the rich. And understanding that that's the person to give them guide. So working with uh, the underserved, to try to really get them to understand and have conversations. I think for me, especially when you look at outreach and working with them, is to having conversations and sit down because they're like, whoa, you want to speak to me? Mm. Because they're so used to having conversation with those that may be, um, what they say, achieving and they're champions in the community. Mm -hmm. But no, I want to talk to you because I need to know what you need. And that will help me as an individual to plan, um, provide services, or to reach out and advocate for those services for them. Mm -hmm. so if I know, because if I don't know, then I'm planning with a group of people. I, they say, you know nothing about us. Right. And you mm -hmm. mentioned that you are engaged with community projects. Projects. But before you go into that, I think about underserved as people who don't have access to resources, the same resources that other communities have. Yes. And it's not 
their fault necessarily, right? Exactly. We know systems are built in a way where resources go because based on political power, based on the isms that we talk about. Um, and so we do use that term to identify populations that we particularly want to pay attention to because we know some of the health outcomes related to that distribution of resources are not what they need to be. Right. So if we're going to f- address disparities or the fact that black people have worse outcomes for he- heart disease, mental health issues sometimes, right, then we're going to have to say, okay, where are the resources going and then where are the gaps and then where do we need to pay attention? Right, because I think it also helps when we do this because a lot of times you'll find they feel like people don't care, like the money's not going to us. Why should I vote? Why right, should I do right. this? Because it's not going to help me. But I think when they see us out there, we need to be more consistent and pushing and advocating on a higher level for um, individuals who don't have access to those services. Right, great. So, Ms. Good. Would you talk about this committee that you're working on and tell us more about the podcast you were talking about? Absolutely. So um, as I had mentioned, the Campus Wellness Committee is represented by various faculty and staff across Norfolk State University. And I want to make sure that I name the members of the committee. (laughs) Um, So it's led by faculty ombudsman, Dr. Duncan. We have Dr. Burwell, Mrs. Colquett, Dr. Erickson, Dr. Fitzgerald, Dr. Green, Dr. Jenkins. Dr. Jackson Nevels, Dr. Nicholson, Dr. Sullivan, Dr. Thomas, Ms. Timberlake, Mr. Ward, and Dr. Wolf. And so we meet twice a month to identify some initiatives that we can do across campus to promote health and wellness. Um, and so one of the things that we have worked on, um, Dr. Duncan more specifically, she has a stress management series that is geared towards faculty every I'm sorry, every first Monday of the month at 12 p.m., and that's virtually on Zoom. Um, And the link is included in the campus announcements that went out on February the 3rd. However, you can email me, and I will be sure to get you that link at cbgood at nsu.edu, cbgoode at nsu.edu. So in addition to the health, um, the stress management series, um, we thought about the podcast. And so um, the podcast is Living Your Best Life in Sparta. And we Sounds good. Yes. <laughs> yes, we're so excited about it. And so um, the goal of the podcast is to feature um, a guest that has expertise in the mental health or physical health um, realm. And so we want to be able to provide faculty with tidbits and coping tools that they can utilize to promote health and wellness. So exciting. And why is there such a large committee? (laughs) Yes. So it started off fairly small. And then the more that we were talking about it, more faculty wanted to join, which was great. Mm -hmm. Um, We wanted to hear the voices. We wanted to make sure that we had representation from um, a lot of people. So that's Can I just chip in for one one time? Because one of the reasons, too, was because communication, trying to get it out to faculty and staff was very challenging. So when we started inviting others that wanted to participate, now we have them to go back to their school or Mm -hmm. to their college to deliver this information because we know it's very important, as you were stating earlier, if we can get, this is a culture of care. It's not just students. It's not just faculty and staff. We get everybody on this page of thriving and not just down here surviving and making it, I think we'll see ourselves really beginning to touch bases and begin to touch lives of individuals and change and shift their minds. Because even in a training we had on um, trauma-informed pedagogy, teaching in the classroom is not the same anymore. 
more. Mm-hmm. And so with that in mind, I think we have to be more mindful of, you know, ourselves and what we can deliver, when to take a time out. When to, so it really is going to help, I think, us to get into a, a position where we are a culture of care. We got faculty that's working on being well. We got students working on being well. And then I think we'll find that it will start touching bases and touching lives and then become advocates and move into the community and really want to empower everyone because we're going to like the results that we see. Right. And we can be a role model for other yeah, campuses yeah. as well. Exactly. Just put that out there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it, one of the, because I heard about it when you guys presented at the one of the conferences where people come back on campus. Mm-hmm. And one of the points that I found very uh, helpful and enlightening and just was excited about is that staff, hello, is for you too. So yes. we always say faculty, staff. We mean staff as well. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, exactly. Because I think that's, you know, we're, it's the left out community almost, you would say. And one of the things we did with the Health and Wellness Committee is we even reached out and helped our janitorial, our facilities. Un, they're really a forgotten group of folks. They're just known to, you know, continue to clean. But we did a session with them on just understanding health, self-care and all. And it was wonderful. And they want us back. So if we can begin that all the time on campus, I think we'll see a change. And I think we're on our way and we're speaking the language as we see each other, you know, how are we doing, you know, and I'm going to be starting the Mindfulness Mondays where I'm going to be sitting out just in, just a just a quote every Monday, and then I'm going to have a mindfulness um, Zoom where people can just jump in with your plate of food, whatever you want to eat, healthy food. Um, <laughs> and we're going to talk about it because the more we talk about it, it becomes ingrained into the, the fabric of this campus, and we'll just see it everywhere. Right. And there's some aspect, I think, of folks like you guys and your roles having having a role in terms of um, supporting the community, but there's also a connection to academics on this too, right? Yes, I would say. I totally agree yeah, with that. Yeah, because I, I totally agree with that. So let me follow up on that. Then from the academic side of the house, how do students perform the best, you know, when they have good mental health or when they're in a good place to receive that information, when they can come to class on a regular basis, when they have tools and coping mechanisms so that when other aspects of their lives become stressful, they know how to, okay, I can maybe put that to the side because I know I have to keep this as a priority or I know to communicate with my professor in advance so that I'm not penalized for that. And so having health and wellness as a feature for students and for our faculty and staff is also about all of us being able to be our best in these roles, which is to support these students so they can graduate and right. have great lives, right? Yeah, because I'm an adjunct professor as well, so I switch my hat once a week in the evenings, and one of the things that we do is that we do our mindful moment before we get started because mm-hmm. you run into class. It's an evening class. Some left their children at home. Some are coming from one class, so we try to just stop what we're doing, give it a minute, and then I also leave five minutes just to talk about gratitude, you know, um, and it really makes a difference, um, and also in our syllabus, I make sure all the resources, I cover all the stuff in the beginning, but I also target resources and I ask the question or make a statement. Today we may talk about something that may be very triggering to you. Please take care of yourself and know your resources. Mm-hmm. And it makes class go by so much easier. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is so nice. But we're not taught that, I will say, as a faculty <laughs> member know. on the academic side. I don't remember that in my <laughs> research class. Uh, <laughs> so, but we 
we just got get. a different, it's just different now with everything happening because yeah. they show up and they're looking, you know, dazzled when they're in class and you, you're trying to teach and they look like something's wrong. It kind of disrupts you a little bit. Right. So you can't help but to care. And um, I think it's best, like right after class, if you can, and just say, hey, you know, what's going on? And if they tell you, you know, just say, here's some resources and you mm-hmm. um, refer them. I think we need to be pushing resources mm-hmm. so they'll know about them, you know, because right. I think a lot of them you could ask the group and it really gets me shocked. I mean, people know where the counseling center is and nobody hardly has raised their hand. So we have to really start pushing and even to a point where you have conversation with them. If, you know, we know it's just take a time out. It's easy to say. Right. You might just need to take some time out, sit over in the chair, take some time. And it's OK. We make it seem like everything's a crisis. Right. right. We're getting right. there. I'm, let me digress. Let me digress. No, 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 that's okay. <laughs> let me digress. Let me digress. And, and I think, for, again, back to the faculty and staff. I mean, yeah. again, we do want to support them as individuals oh, yes. and part of the community we as well them. in and of themselves. Mm-hmm. And who knows, maybe for some of the units that don't have classes, that could be incorporated into a meeting. You know, it's not yeah. something that you have yes. to do in the classroom. That's a good idea, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So, Ms. Good, tell us a little bit more specifically about some of the episodes that you might have for, for your podcast. What? Tell me the name of it again. It's Living Your Best Life in Sparta, Insights for Lifelong Health and Wellness. Okay, I want to live my best life, so what am I going to hear <laughs> when I listen to the podcast? Yeah, so with February being Black History Month, of course, and then also Heart Awareness Month, our first episode would be dedicated to heart, um, heart awareness and physical health. So it would feature Dr. Blow, the medical director at Spartan Health. She will be our first guest. Um, and then the second episode, so we'll talk about cardiovascular fitness. <coughs> Excuse me. And that will focus, um, that will feature Dr. Thomas, who is also uh, a co-member of the Campus Wellness Committee. Nice. She does yoga. And then when yes. we have big, big <laughs> conferences and sessions on campus, she'll help us with the break on that. Yes. So, yes. She's very good about that. Very excited. So what if a faculty or staff member had an idea that they would want you to talk about? How would, how would they be able to send you a recommendation? Yes, that is a very good question. Um, they can definitely call me or email me at cbgood at nsu.edu, um, and I will be sure to take that back to the Campus Wellness Committee. Again, we meet twice a month, so it would be opportunities to bring ideas. Nice. And volunteer to be guests, perhaps. Even. Absolutely. Right, right. <laughs> Come and on. I think, and I think that's <laughs> another piece that's really, um, when you go back to the academic side, may push for more research in this area. That they may, you know, push them to say, hey, let's look at obesity. Let's look at heart. Let's look at our students and see what's going with them with health. Because I know I'm getting ready to do a study through ACHA, and it's going to look at the health and of the students and where they are, which will help us, me, and our office in health and wellness, how to do more programming, what to do programming on. So I think it's going to help this whole piece with faculty and staff because I think it's going to really like, oh, I want to do some research. And, and you know, then I think it's just going to take feet and just start running. So. Nice. And ACHA is? The American Association of Health, Health Association. And um, it's been around for years. And a lot of um, schools are using their survey or their study to help with um, health outcomes um, to help better plan for students. And there's a one for faculty and staff. I think um, Dr. Duncan is looking at doing that for faculty and staff so that we can have some benchmarks as to how are we going to better provide services to our, our, our campus. And what are they thinking about it? Because we don't know. Right, right. Making assumptions. 
And it is because we're an academic institution, we should take care, uh, take advantage of our power, right? Yes. And so yes. when you can do use all of those mechanisms, so we have communication, direct communications or services, and then if folks are interested, you have research, you publish it, yes. you learn more, and we get more content out there from our populations, which are underrepresented in, in yes, the research as yes, well. That's right. And so all of that, as you said, will build a nice wave of attention and activities and hopefully impact. Right. And we can tell our own story. Right. Which is what we're doing today. <laughs> that's Hello, correct. Everybody. This is our story. <laughs> yes, correct. So, Dr. Jenkins, if you would talk a little bit as we close the session today more about your um, outreach or involvement in the community. Well, um, lately, I mean, it's really been interesting. Um, a lot of the um, or a lot of the church organizations that work with um, communities that are I guess underserved, wanting me to come out to talk about wellness and how we can begin this mind shift um, with them. Also, there's, um, I've talked to some folks in the American Heart Association um, at one point about coming out and doing some work. So it's starting to take its feet now. Mm -hmm. um, and really, you know, for me, I talk a lot. So, um, <laughs> You know, running into individuals that are part of various um, committees at churches mm -hmm. as well as at hospitals mm -hmm. who are saying, hey, we need your voice. And I'm like, hey, just call me. So it's been really helpful and really sitting on a lot. I'm going to be speaking with a, I can't remember the name, but we're going to be talking about the why behind wellness. And it's an organization um, that works with women, but we're going to be talking about, because of you know Black History Month, about the importance of us really working with our community about health and wellness. Thank you. Well, I am going to say thank you so much thank to you. our guests. Thank One you. small thing is that the Center for Public Health Initiatives is working with the Health and Wellness Committee on the podcast to help provide production. So we're contributing to the community that's contributing to health and yes, wellness yes. at Delta State University. Thanks to both of you. Thank this you. has been you. a fabulous session. We thank really you. appreciate it. And thank you to the listeners out there. Again, I'm Dr. Felicia Mebin, and this is Health Healing and Hampton Roads.